Hey there, Kubrick fans. If you like what you hear during this episode, be sure to visit our website at thekubrickseries.com for more episodes and uncut interviews from the series. And you can also consider making a one-time or recurring monthly donation in any amount of your choosing if you'd like to support our podcast. That's thekubrickseries.com. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Kubrick series Uncut. In this episode, we speak with special effects supervisor Patty Eason. Mr. Eason was the digital effects supervisor on Eyes Wide Shut and oversaw the controversial edits to the film following Kubrick's death. Um, I was working at a visual effects company in London called CFC, Computer Film Company. Um, and at that time, I guess we're talking about the early to mid-90s, the, 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 the industry, the sort of digital um, effects industry for film was very much in its infancy. And um, the whole kind of prospect of scanning stuff off film into the computer, working on it digitally, and then going back, back out onto film again was, was you know, a little bit novel for people. Um, and um, we were contacted um, to do a, a test um, that involved taking some old black and white footage and, and colorizing it, turning it to color footage. Um, and I, I, I believe I discovered later through through um, talking to people on, on Eyes Wide Shut that that was for a project that was going to be called the Aryan Papers. I think um, Kubrick uh, experts will know instantly what, which project it was, but I think it was a you know what, some kind of World War II piece. Right. Um, so uh, we, we got some test material for, from. Uh, from um, you know, Mr. Kubrick's people um, scanned it in. It seemed to be kind of black and white footage of uh, of just you know some people goofing around in front of a, a, a rather grand building uh, in black and white, quite grainy. It wasn't actually old 1940s footage. It was shot present day, but on on grainy black and white material. Hmm. Um, and uh, we, we scanned that in, and we we worked away into in trying to work out whether it's possible to take that kind of material and and make it look um, you know color and uh, higher quality and kind of acceptable to a, to a you know, modern audience on the big screen. And, and I, I presume his, his thought was that maybe you could take you know, archive footage from World War II and, and cut it into um, you know, modern footage that he'd shot and, and, and it would intercut. Um, right. you know, we, we were pretty dubious and um, you know, that would be kind of a tough thing to do even now, but back then in, in whenever this was, mid-90s, it was, was pretty tough. Um, to do anything that looks really that good, um, and uh, our, our brief was to, you know he, we were told he'd be happy just to see one frame, um, just a still frame. But I, I didn't want to do that because um, it's very easy to cheat on one frame. You basically you know do the equivalent of taking it into Photoshop, paint it around, make it look nice. You know, do all kinds of cheating on a single frame. But the real trick is to do something on a, a moving shot. So you know I, I, I did a moving shot to the best of my ability. It looks kind of okay, it's interesting. I think it, it, it could have gone further. Um, I didn't want to do the single frame and have it look great because I didn't want to kind of have be committed to doing something later on that we couldn't deliver and mm-hmm. have, you know, Mr. Kubrick say, hey, that looked great, okay, you know, now, now do a whole scene and I say, oh, you know what, we can't actually do moving materials. So, <laughs> so um, we, uh, we, we sent that off and, um, you know, I don't think we heard very much afterwards. Um, a, a, a weird little kind of um, uh, offshoot of that that um, that stage that story was that the, when the, the call first came through to our switchboard at our little company, we were quite small at the time. Um, 
it, the call was taken by the receptionist and the line wasn't very good. And, uh, and she made the chap on the other end of the line say his name several times and then just leant across and, and spoke to one of the producers and said, I think it's Henley Callback for you. Something called Henley Callback. Andy you know? <laughs> <laughs> Kubrick, you know, which you picked up the phone and it was like, hello, this is Andy Kubrick. She was completely free. So. Oh. Anyway, that's uh, goes to show you that you've got to be careful when you're picking up the phone. Um, so that, that was our initial kind of involvement at all. Um, so obviously he or his people knew as a company that we, we existed um, even if the test we done, you know, didn't um, go anywhere. Right. And then um, <clears throat> the next stage after that was um, that we were contacted to do some scanning tests. This is some years later, I think, in the end, probably during the shoot of, of Eyes Wide Shut, when they, they knew they had some digital effects to do, um, and they, you know, wanted to find the highest quality film scanning facility. Mm. Um, and at that time, um, CFC had without doubt, the best film scanner, you know, in, in Europe, if not in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, we did some kind of head-to-head scanning tests against other facilities. Um, and, you know, being Stanley Kubrick, it had to be done at the highest possible quality. So where most other movies were done at, um, at 2,000 lines resolution, which we call 2K, you know, right. um, he, he demanded it, it be done at 4K, which is, you know, four times the image size, um, uh, and at that time, it was kind of quite heavy lifting, quite a big deal to work at 4K. Mm-hmm. But the, we, we had some um, experience at that stage of, of working on IMAX film. Um, so we, we had a very high-res scanner, and we were able to do a scan 35mm at, at, at 4K resolution. Um, it's strangely, that, that that's becoming the new standard now with, with some very big movies, yeah. you know, like Inception and so on. They've done a 4K. So, so Mr. Kubrick was ahead of the curve there for sure. Mm. Um, so we did those scanning tests, um, and they, you know, went off, and I think they were, you know, must have been well received, because um, we, we, you know, we were contacted back, um, but this was a while later, and this was after he died, um, but before, obviously, Eyes Wide Shut had been finished, um, you know, and, and delivered and so on. So we were contacted in that strange little period in between um, the movie coming out and, and Stanley Kubrick dying. And um, myself and, and my producer, Rachel Penfold, um, were kind of called up to uh, St. Albans, the house, to, 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 to meet with, you know, people from the cutting room and, and discuss some potential work on Eyes Wide Shut. Um, I think we, we may have been told some of the, the, the basic outline of what would have been needed, but, we, you know, we, we, we got a train up there. We were met at the station by a young lady who, who drove us to um, the house and through a succession of um, high security electric gates and so on and hmm. long winding country tracks until we arrived at a, a building which I recognised instantly as had, having been the building in the in those black and white tests from Aryan papers so that was kind of interesting so hmm. that those were just filmed with the, the family just outside the front of the building um, so so uh, yeah we went on in um, and uh, had a meeting with um, I, I think it was the editor or the assistant editor um um, producers and so on about the um, the work that needed to be done on on Eyes Wide Shut, and and it was <clears throat> excuse me, it was all limited to the the masked ball scene. It wasn't. No, no, there was other work as well. Please um, to say, um, uh, strange kind of combination of stuff. Um, one shot was a rescue shot. We call it. Um, there was a, a, a kind of key shot that had a big scratch down it. So it's the most unglamorous work in a way, but you know once the film's wrapped, 
you know, and, uh, and <laughs> the director's died and so on. You don't want to be calling back, you know, Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman for, uh, you know, to, to replay a long, emotionally draining shot. So I think it was just, uh, I looked at the film the other day. Um, it's been many years, so it's sometimes hard to remember, but I'm pretty sure the shot in question is, um, when, um, you know, Tom Cruise is, is, is just about to confess to, uh, mm. you know, Nicole Kidman what's happened and he, you know, falls on the bed and he's crying and she's there on the bed as well. Um, there was just a big juicy scratch right, you know, through her face, down her arm and it just sat there and it would have rendered the scene un- unusable. So, um, it was a fairly hardcore job to get rid of that. I remember yeah. it was involved in an overnight, overnight session uh, to get it done in time, but that, that was one of the shots. Um, as well as that, there was um, a series of uh, invisible cuts. It's a strange thing. I've never had to do it on another project. Um, but um, what uh, Mr. Kubrick had done in, in the cuts was, in certain shots, quite a few of them, um, where there was just like a some dead space in the dialogue or just a bit too much of a you know, pause um, he just chopped out you know a second of, of pause or just a few frames sometimes um, just in the avid when he was cutting mm. and um, you know traditionally this we wouldn't really be able to do this because if you actually did a negative cut at that point you know you, you would see that the you know even with modern you know um, leg cutting you would have seen some kind of jump right um, and this this was often the days where Entire films weren't scanned and uh, digitally graded. People called DI, you know, and recorded back out. And this was in the days when um, visual effects shots were individually scanned, worked on in the computer, put back out onto negative, and then physically cut back into the film. Um, and that, the same would be true for any other opticals in the other work. So um, physical neg cutting would have, would have had to have been done. And you can't really cut sections out of shots in a traditional neg cut without seeing some kind of jump, some, some distracting thing would happen. Right. Um, so we had to scan, scan those shots, remove the frames digitally, as he'd done in the Avid, you know, and then put them back out onto film as one seamless negative, which could then be cut into the rest of the film. Um, so it's a bit of a strange one, um, and not at all creative. Um, but but, but essential. Time, yeah. Yeah, but essential, no other way of, of doing it. Um, and the thing is, at that point, because the cuts were Stanley's cut and had been, you know, signed off, they were absolutely paranoid about doing anything that would change a single frame of his his cut. Mm. Um, even to the stage where, you know, in, the, in these little um, moments that were just taken out of scenes to, to, to make the dialogue flow better or whatever, um, we offered uh, to just do little miniature dissolves, little fades from the first part of the shot to the second part, so you'd see there would be no jump at all. Or we, we offered to reposition the second part of the cut so it lined up perfectly with the first part. So you would see no little tiny jump of the camera, if you know what I mean, mm-hmm. when these bits have been taken out. And they would, wouldn't let us do that. Um, so it really had to be just a cut right, in the middle of the shot. Um, but he'd done it so skillfully in the avid that actually really don't notice. Even though it's kind of a brutal thing to do, it, it, it just slowed and you didn't notice it. And I, as I said, I watched the film again the other day and I, I, didn't, I didn't notice them. So... That was a peculiar little thing. Um, and, you know, I think the, one of the shots in question was when he writes Fidelio on the napkin. Um, it, there was one of the shots where, you know, near the beginning, they're having that weird stoned um, argument over nothing in the bedroom. Right. Uh, Nicole Kidman's against, against the blue lit window, you know, so some of those shots. There's just a pepper through the film, these little kind of digital cuts. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think there may have been one or two other bits. There's nothing that really comes to mind, and then obviously the 
the Master Four was the, right. the main one. Yeah. And that, so uh, my, my suspicion is, sorry, is, is the fact that they were doing digital scanning tests earlier on, you know, during production, if memory serves, Stanley knew that something was going to be needed. It may have been just the, um, these kind of cuts. Right. Um, or he may have had some idea that work might be needed on the mask ball. And, um, you know, this was a conversation we had quite a lot with the cutting room at the time, you know, um, as to what his plan was for the orgy scene, given that he knew that there was no way it would pass an R rating. And he so, didn't actually decide so to deliver an R rating. Th- this, this was the tremendous point of controversy surrounding the uh, the, the post-release of the film. Uh, so it was never a question that it was his intention to place digital figures in, in, in certain spots to obscure something that would give him a harsher rating. Well, the thing is, nobody knows, you know, and, and we obviously did talk about this a lot. Um, and the people we, we, we were working with were the people who had obviously been working and living with Mr. Kubrick for, for the whole production. And even though we didn't actually meet Christiane, his wife, we know that she was part of these conversations and was, as, as, was aware of the issues and so on. So you had, you know, you had Warner Brothers, you had Christiane Kubrick, you had Jan Harlan, and you know, all these people very, very, very acutely aware of what was going on. Mm-hmm. Um, but in terms of what his actual intention was, uh, no, nobody quite seemed to know. And there was just a guess that maybe, given that we were doing digital scanning tests, um, he had some plan. Um, the other thing that made people think that perhaps he might have intended to, to do some um, CGI people in, in the orgy was that um, the um, records of the lighting setups of that location were extremely detailed and perhaps more detailed than anywhere else in the film. And if you're planning on doing you know, CGI in a scene, one of the things you always have to do is is make a lot of notes and plans and sketches um, and measurements of, of the lighting setup of the scene so you can then replicate it on your digital characters. Mm-hmm. So they were looking at, at, the, at the records he'd taken and, and there was a little bit of speculation as to whether he was going to use this scene as a little test bed for some of the things he might want to play with on AI. Right, And right. possibly on Warner Brothers Dollar, you know, and, uh, and, and to deliver this scene that was no way that would get to an R rating have to do the um, CGI people and, and have some fun, you know, in, in the process himself. Um, so that, that was that was a thought, but you know, speculation. People hate the idea of, of censorship or the studio interfering or whatever. Um, I think it was just a very awkward situation for everyone, and um, there was a, you know, they didn't want to have to cut any shots. Um, right. So it seemed like the, the the part of least, you know, damage to the artistic vision, and, and I think they knew that down the line the. Uh, the you know untweaked version would probably become the definitive version that anyone would see in ten years' time. You know, mm-hmm. so um, it, you know it, it's and, and the version that's released on film in, in the you know outside of the US was the un, untweaked one, I, I believe. Um, but obviously, everyone's now going to be looking at it on uh, DVD and Blu-ray forevermore. So, uh, so, so to in, to to your knowledge, n- nothing was was cut. Out no. of the film, yeah. Yeah, I think they were, they were pretty firm on that. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That that was that was a conversation in the cutting room. Okay, great, great. I'm glad I have that settled because <laughs> yeah. I've had so many emails asking me about to ask about that process. Uh, even you know, 11 years after the movie, you know, people are still 
obsessed with it. And I love the movie. And just out of curiosity, before I let you go, when you reviewed the film, what were your thoughts? Well, you know, I'm very fond of it. I really like it. And mm-hmm. I liked it at the time. And the uh, thing is, you know, most of his films um, take a bit of time to, to the developing the public consciousness. And at the time, I think, you know, fans of The Shining didn't really like the film. They didn't get it. You know, it wasn't it wasn't scary enough or it wasn't a proper horror film. It wasn't a proper thing, whatever. Um, but it's now become a complete classic, you know. Mm-hmm. I think the same thing for Eyes Wide Shut, uh, for... Um, Full Metal Jacket, you know, it wasn't a proper war movie, it wasn't Platoon, you know, and people didn't really get it, and it was in two parts, you know, the camp part and the Vietnam part and, and, and so on, but but now again, it's people have revisited it, and I think the same process is still happening, really, with Eyes Wide Shut. Yeah. Um, I think it's a very warm-hearted film, it's a strangely innocent film, in a strange way, it's, it's a kind of a domestic argument, turned into one night of kind of weird darkness right um and the argument gets resolved and no, nobody gets hurt really apart from you know somebody being murdered but uh, <laughs> you know, uh, uh, that's kind of that sort of a uh, you know off camera and stuff um but uh yeah and what you know it, it's 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 there's something lovely about the uh the lighting of it and the um yeah everything you know fairy lights and you know the christmas background it's a very odd odd, odd thing but i think you know good little a glimpse into different, different aspects of the male and female psyche. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm very fond of it.